Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to The Kitchen Table. We are talking probably for the last week about when the practical parts of our life meet Jesus, meet the gospel. What does it really look like? And this is one a question that was sent in uh, about how does Jesus, how does the gospel meet social media? How does it meet getting a phone? Like, how do I practically bring the gospel to bear fruit when I'm trying to talk with my kid about you're not getting a phone and all your peers are getting the phone at age 10? Or how do I walk with my child when they want Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok or name the app of the week? How do I walk with them there? How do I walk with my child through the world of video games. And now that video games can be online and you can talk to lots of peers. We're going to try and push all this together because I believe the same overarching principles come to bear no matter what part of this problem you might be facing. So I hope that this is a really good conversation for you today. Um, Again, We're going to walk really quickly through our five main points, because I really am praying that these are becoming a way that you may come up against something totally different that we haven't talked about. And I want you to kind of at the very beginning, when you experience that new thing, and you're not quite sure what, what should I do here, Lord? I want the first thing for your mind to echo is the truth that God declares, which is you have a child, they have a soul, they're in need of a savior. Breeds and grows within us great compassion, doesn't it? When we understand that we have been given this really holy and sacred privilege to walk with a child as they begin to understand they need a savior. And so then you, after And then number two, the second point becomes, God, give me perspective on this child. Help me to understand this child the way you have crafted him or her. What is the unique parts, the temperament, the skills, the giftings, the way you have this child to be? Let me be a student of this child, Lord, and give me your eyes to see her or to see him. And then give me your perspective on them the long-term principles that I'm going to be very consistent in my messaging about. Because it's going to be critical and important that I don't feed my child the mantra of the day. It's so critical, y'all. The hope is in the gospel. The hope is not in whatever the the great advice of today is the hope is in the gospel and the gospel applies to everything we experience. 
So we want to seek out what is God's viewpoint? What does he extend here? What does he offer here? That is what is going to meet my child's heart here with my child's uniqueness. And then number four is we pray. We pray scripturally for our children. We pray anchored in truth. We ask God to engage and to work powerfully for our kids. We pray for our own hearts that we would understand our kids, that we would have God's compassion for our children, that we would be able to speak truth clearly. We are asking God for that. And then finally, we speak words of life over our kids. This is the place where we actually engage them. Where All the rest of that prep work is almost just that. It's just prep work. God, show me, help me, lead me, make the way well so it can be received. And then finally, we speak words of life. So what does that look like in light of a culture that says social media, phones, all of this is where it is. That is where you will find happiness and contentment and peace. Because we all know that if your child is the only child without a phone, that child is certain that a phone will make everything better. We all know that if your child is the only child not allowed to play online games with other people, they are certain that if they could and they would only want to play with their friends, that would make their world so much better, so much more Um, so much happier, so much more at peace, so much more full of joy. And we know that our children believe that they are the only ones not allowed to have fill in the blank of whatever app that maybe you're saying, I don't think that's wise right now for you. They're certain that in having that, then they will find true peace, true happiness. And we want to have the right framework, a gospel lens covering our eyes. Because if not, what we're oftentimes going to answer our children with is, number one, well, because I said so. Number two, you don't have to be like everybody else. Number three, I'm not raising everybody else. I'm raising you. (laughs) And I've said all those things. I have used all those things, but they're empty. And in our frustration, I have many times used those just to shut the conversation down. I'm tired of talking about whatever it is. But today, we want to kind of unpack it a little bit and give ourselves the language to speak life, to point consistently to the gospel, to Jesus, to their need for a savior, to understand the uniqueness of the child that we have so that we can uniquely communicate with them. And then how do we pray for this? There is a huge push. And we're going to call the whole thing social media. Understand I'm lumping everything in together and you can dissect it back out as to where your child is in this. It could just be that all they get are video games and they want to play online. Maybe they're ready for a phone. You're not sure when to give them a phone. Maybe it's apps now. Wherever they are, we're going to call it social media. Because really what it means is it's a connection to other people through a device. That's what we're using. Okay. And the first thing that we want to understand in this is we want to know, I think, what would God say is our long-term vision? And then we go 
for me, then I go back and look at the uniqueness of each one of my children. Because we do not have like this overarching principle of you can only have this at this age. And when you turn that age, you know, bing, you get whatever it was. We actually do not have that as a principle. We started that way. We thought, oh, well, when you get to the magic age of, then you get a phone. And we have now realized that was unwise. <laughs> and, um, and we have changed our whole framework to understand that each child is uniquely different. And, but what is the long-term vision, the long-term perspective that God has? So when we look at this, I believe that the first place we need to look is we need to understand that God is going to be able to use something like this to grow wisdom in our child. So we talked last week about wisdom when we were looking at dating. We've talked about wisdom in ages and stages. This social media is one of the best tools, I believe, to have wisdom conversations and discernment conversations with our children. It is the place that I pray the most fervently that God would grow wisdom in my children apart from um, peer relationships. I pray for it there too, very, very fervently, because I believe those two are probably the two main places where we can really watch the Spirit of God grow wisdom in our kids. But the reason this is centered on wisdom, this whole concept is centered on wisdom, is because in our own flesh, in our sin, the, the, our sinful states, we all are very easily deceived. This goes for you and for me. We may have a problem with social media. I, I'll be the first to, to completely admit my kids, there have been many times where my kids are like, you are on your phone too much. And we need to have our own hearts examined. Are our hearts deceiving us about how we engage with social media? And then we, this is the conversation that is going to be driving, or this idea is going to be driving our conversation with our children about any kind of social media. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And then in 10, God says, Well, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. This is where we begin this conversation with our children. Not in the place of, you know, you're desperately sick and deceitful, but in the acknowledgement and the understanding, you've been talking about sin with this child who's growing up, right? They've experienced moments where they've been sinful. They've been disobedient. They've been rude. They've been ugly to a sibling. They've been, you know, you've called them in these moments to say, look at that. That's you being sinful. And now we're deepening that awareness as they're walking into these middle school and teen years, we're beginning to help them understand this is really for you. The gospel is for you. You, your own heart will deceive you. And one place is going to be in social media. And if I can encourage you to do one thing, it would be to begin to share your own stories here. Begin to share how you have been fooled in different seasons of your life. 
maybe now, maybe if you reflect on your own life, as I walk through these scriptures with you, you go, I think I'm deceived. I think I spend way too much time worrying about this or that on the internet or um, texting or, I mean, because any part of our phone is seductive and can be a place that we can get roped in to giving more of our attention, more of our time and more of our affection and using ourselves as the example decreases defensiveness in our child. So that's a good thing. They're more of a listener because it's not, you're not saying, well, you're going to get tricked into these things. You're saying I have been tricked and you can even go, I bet you've seen mommy when I've been more concerned with what's going on, on fill in the blank. than I have been about something else where you've had to go, mommy, 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 multiple times to get my attention. Well, that's because in that moment, my heart was tricked. I wasn't being wise. I wasn't being discerning. I wasn't being relational with you and valuing you. I was valuing whatever was happening on my phone. Do you see how we can begin to use ourselves here inside of social media as the conversation piece, as the one that is the example and we begin to walk them through scripture. The first scripture is Deuteronomy eleven sixteen. It says, take care lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. We begin to break that scripture apart for them in conversation. And we say, the reason it's easy is because it's easy for our heart to be deceived. And then we turn to the side. We're no longer looking at Jesus and saying, God, what do you want me to do today? We've kind of turned our attention over to whatever's happening on our phone or whatever anybody else is saying or the news or I mean, fill in the blank. Make yourself the example. And then we can walk them over to um, uh, Hebrews 2.1 says, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Why is that warning there? That's a warning in Hebrews saying, hey, in, in chapter one, the whole chapter was about how Jesus has come and he's preeminent and he, he is who we are to worship and, and he is the Savior Messiah who has come. And yet the, the very next sentence basically says, but we better pay attention to it or we're going to drift away from this. It's easy for us to forget. And we use our own language of who we are. It's easy for mom to forget. It's so easy for me. You know, Colossians 2 says it, that we're easily confused by arguments that make sense. That we were very easily swayed. And so as they're growing up and they're beginning to use a phone or beginning to talk about Instagram or Snapchat or whatever, the conversation we have had in our home is, I, I know that you're going to have lots of arguments that make complete sense about why you should have this or have that. What our job together is, is to determine what is wise for you and help you set boundaries that would be wise for you. May not be wise for your sister that way, may not be wise for your best friend that way, but if it's wise for you, it's wise because I don't want your heart to be deceived and you are not like your sister or your brother or your best friend. And so we're going to walk together and we're going to determine what is wise for you. 
because I don't want you to be fooled. Like it says in Colossians 2, by an argument that makes sense. I want you to grow up in wisdom and understanding. And by the way, that is Colossians 2, um, 2 through 4, in case you want that in just in the notes. But then finally, we talk about what it says in, in James. You know, James again gives us yet another warning. In James 1, it says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, but not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. He looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. So the truth in this passage and what James is saying to us is that it's going to be easy for us to hear a lot about God a lot about how we should do things right, and we'll nod our heads in agreement. And in the moment, we might even say, yeah, I totally agree with that. And and then the minute we turn away, we have forgotten because we've never chosen to be a doer of the word. We're only a hearer. We're only listening and not doing. And so the guard that I want to walk with you in this is my language with my children. The guard, the way I want to walk with you is I want to walk alongside of you, helping you to grow wisdom and discernment so that you not only hear and say, yeah, that makes sense, but you also actually do. And that may mean that you put up parameters and, and rails around your own heart, the way you treat social media that look different from other people. And we want to be thoughtful about that. Now, the next natural part of this conversation is your child will assure you that they will not be like this, that they will not drift away, that they will not stop being vigilant, that they will not be deceived. Mom, I promise that will not happen to me. And I have found that this next, this little word picture I'm going to tell you helps take the defensive posture away a little bit more. So this is the story. I will say, I totally agree. I know that you absolutely believe that you, it wouldn't happen to you, that you wouldn't be that unwise and, you know, send pictures you shouldn't send on some app, or you wouldn't be that unwise and talk or play with somebody you shouldn't play with online on a video game. You wouldn't be unwise and fill in the blank. Okay. Because again, we're speaking words of life over our children. So this isn't the place to say, well, you just always do this and do this and do this. So why wouldn't you do this? That's not what we're about. We are speaking words of life. And this little word picture helps me more than anything else to paint the picture of how easy it is for us to drift. It goes like this. You know how we go to the ocean and we love to everybody always puts their big pile of towels down by mom and y'all all run out in the ocean and I spread out all the towels and get the chair set up and sit down and what is one of the instructions that I give to you and they usually know but I say if they can't I say I will always tell you to always look back and make sure you see me on the beach why would I tell you to look back and always make sure you can see me on the beach? Well, if your child has gone to the ocean, this becomes a very easy word picture because we all know that when you get into the ocean, there is a current 
that will pull you down the beach. As you're playing in the ocean, you're just, you're busy jumping the waves and laughing with your friends or your brothers and sisters, and you're just jumping and you're staying in the same place and you're having so much fun. And the next thing you know, you look at shore and you don't see your towel. And then, you know, your next thought is, oh my goodness, somebody stole all my stuff off the beach. But the truth of the matter is, is you have been pulled along in the current down the beach and you were not aware of it. You didn't feel it happening to you. You were busy with your attention elsewhere and you never noticed that you were shifting out there in the waves. And so then what do you have to do in order to get back in line with your towel, you have to do one of two things. You either have to swim back against the current and work your way back up when you're out, out in the ocean, or you have to come all the way to shore, walk all the way up the beach until you find your towel and then go back out in the ocean. But either way you have to reset. That's a lot how our Christian life is. You see, we are being warned in these passages to keep citing the towel of God's word. Keep looking for what is right and true and what we should do. And what does God say? What is wise? What is discerning? God goes, keep paying attention to it. Keep your eye on it. Keep looking. Why? Because you'll not feel the current pulling you away. You won't feel it until you look up and you're long gone. Until you look up and you've gone so far down whatever road that now there's consequences. And the consequences are you have to really work hard to get back. You have to get out and get completely covered in sand and walk back up the beach. There's, there's consequences to the drift. But when we spend our days citing the shore, citing the gospel, looking in the word, seeking what is wise, that drift is very tiny because it's very easy for us to spot when we've gone a few feet off. That's walking wisely with the Spirit of God. That's the picture. That is the word picture you can use to teach your children why it says, so if you live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's it. It's constantly citing the Word, looking back at the Word. It's your it's your towel in the sand as you enjoy the ocean. You see, there's so much for us to enjoy here in life. God didn't put us here to be on this complete restriction mode, no fun, can't do anything, just sit here until we're finished. That's not it. And that's what we want to impart to our children. There is so much wonder and joy and beauty in walking with Jesus, and there is so much freedom and no consequences. Because we sit siding the shore, let us walk with the Spirit. It is the best word analogy I have found to communicate this truth. And so I use it consistently. It is my consistent messaging when I'm talking about growing wisdom over something that is very easy for us to lose ground on. And you and I do it with our own phone use and our kids do it. So when we set ourselves up and say, let me share with you how I've gotten down shore and I'm way down the beach and I've got to come back. And so like 
I mean, here's a funny example. My kids totally know this if they listen to this podcast. But there is this game. Um, I don't even think it's a game. It's like this paint by number app. And one of my kids showed it to me once. And it's like um, all the ones on the, the picture immediately get doused with whatever color one is. So you just have to find all the ones and you just tap them and it douses that color. And it's however many numbers. And I was introduced to it but once by one of my kids and I just found it wonderful. I just loved it. And my kids would be like, oh my gosh, you're playing that, that silly painting game again. But do you know what happened with that game? It, it's totally silly. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing un ungodly, I guess, even about me. And it's just like, I was literally painting, um, like rabbits and sunshine and flowers and I mean, nothing, but I was willing to trade other time for that. I was very easily beginning to shift my affections towards it. So if I had some downtime, just sitting instead of engaging with anyone around me, man, I was just, I would just paint, sit there. And that was shifting me downstream in the ocean. I had to delete the app. I couldn't keep, I could not keep that app on my phone. Y'all, I just, if it was on my phone, I was going to do it. I had to kill the app. Now, my kids laugh at that, but they've seen it in action. And it is a light thing, but it was a thing. And when we give all of our attention to something other than to God, it's becoming an idol. It just is. When we give all of our attention to our friends inside of texts, and all we do is send Snapchat pictures and Instagram DMs and this and that, and we cannot just sit on a couch and have conversations with the people around us, I challenge my kids that there's idolatry there. And we have to talk about it. Where's your, where's your towel? Do you, can you see it? Because there's consequences and the consequences are relationships are breaking down. You're missing things. You're not in the present moment. You're comparing what you are like to whoever else is like on Instagram or social media and you've forgotten your identity. And, and now the enemy is assaulting you with lies about how much value you have. That happens. So we, when we can have that conversation with our child, then we can begin to uniquely craft. So where do you find yourself struggling to stay lined up with the towel? And my kids, I help them. They learn to, but we want them to learn to take stock of themselves, to know their own self, to become a student of themselves. So some of my kids are much more bound by what other people think about them. And so apps like Instagram are much um, more difficult for them to navigate with health than other kids. Other kids, that's not really their problem. But man, they could play a video game for eight hours. And so it's talking to them about how do we put up healthy boundaries for you? Where are the places that you can be deceived? Where are the places that are some more struggles for you? And then how can we listen to the spirit? Because if we walk by the spirit, 
let us keep in step with the Spirit. If we are going to be following Jesus, let's keep citing the towel. What would he call you to do so that you can stay in line with your towel, with your beach towel? And teaching them that skill of understanding themselves is a huge, huge lesson an ongoing conversation. Again, with all of these, no matter if we're talking about the potty training one, all the way up to this, these older kid ones, these are ongoing conversations. It's not one and done. It will never be one and done. So don't get sick of it. But understand that as you layer in truth and you layer in truth and you layer in truth, you're also praying that the spirit does the work he needs to do, that the ground is ready, that listening hearts are happening, that minds are absorbing and that fruit will begin to grow by spirit work. That, that, that's the whole goal here. And you and I get this beautiful opportunity to teach wisdom and discernment to our kids. This one is a big one, but truthfully hone in on your child, know your child, understand their weaknesses and their strengths because God is showing them to you. And don't be afraid to be different in order to walk arm in arm with your child. Meaning if all of their friends get a phone at 11 and your kid's like, why not me? Be honest and, and, and sit with them and go, tell me how, and then walk them through this thought process and help them begin to even go, well, these would be ways that I could use a phone wisely. Wouldn't that be so much more wonderful? Those are the conversations we get the privilege of having with our children as we take what is practical and Jesus comes and meets us right in that moment. And he faithfully does it time and time again. And this one, he will grow wisdom and discernment in your children. He will. As you hold their heart, as you listen to them and you value them, you will get the privilege of seeing this become a beautiful conversation. As always, I'm so grateful for um, the comments and the questions. And well, you can reach out to me on Instagram easily. You can find me through email. You can find me through the podcast. Reach out to me. Go to my website, Bethany Kimsey. You can even put in a like a message, like it goes into a player. So you can just talk to it and I'll hear it. And I'll get to hear your precious, sweet little voices. And I would love to answer your questions. Um, but know this. Jesus promises to meet our everyday, moment-to-moment moment, practical moments with His beautiful love, grace, and truth. And He promises to walk with us there. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, 
the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.